from the text that does call for attention this Lord's evening is the gospel reading for tonight from John chapter 18 and 19. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. What is the worst thing that you've ever had to drink? Was it some sort of concoction made up by medical doctors to prepare you for a procedure? Was it some type of medicine that you had to choke down as a child? Was it something that you drank because someone else dared you to? Whatever it was, I imagine you can still taste it in your mouth just by memory. There's nothing worse than having to drink a cup full of vile-tasting things. Last night, we remembered how Jesus served his disciples, his very body and blood, on Monday, Thursday. He took a cup, and he blessed it, and he gave it to them to drink. Well, tonight, we ponder another cup. For after serving that meal to his disciples, Jesus went out into the garden with his disciples. Soon after, Judas came out with soldiers and officers of the chief priests and the Pharisees. They arrived there with weapons and with torches. Simon Peter, quite aware of the danger they were now in, drew his sword, and he cut off the ear of the high priest's servant. Peter was more than ready that night to fight for his Lord. But Jesus made clear to him that swinging his sword in that situation would only accomplish one thing. It would knock the cup out of Jesus' hand that he was supposed to drink. Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword in its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given to me? It is that cup that calls for our attention this night. For you see, Jesus had a cup that the Father had given him to drink. And that was a cup full of suffering. But it was a cup that Jesus would drink nonetheless. Oh, he knew that it was a bitter drink. He knew exactly how vile the contents of that cup would be. In fact, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he even asked the Father whether it was possible that he could not drink that cup and yet salvation still be accomplished. But it was not possible. It was not the will of the Father, and so Jesus would drink that cup. He would swallow down every last bit of suffering. So what was inside of that cup that Jesus had to drink? Well, all sorts of awful things. First, inside of that cup was injustice. Yes, inside of that cup was every last scheme of the Pharisees and the scribes and the chief priests. Every last piece of false testimony that was brought against him was there in that cup. In it was Pilate's reticence to remain steadfast when the crowds continued to chant, crucify. Also in that cup was betrayal. There was Peter's curse-laden betrayal of Jesus. 
There was the way that each of the disciples fled in order to save themselves. There were all the people who had praised him on Palm Sunday, but now who had been coerced into crying out, crucify. It was all inside that cup. There was also mockery floating around in that cup. There was the purple robe and crown that mocked his royal identity. There were all those chants people yelled at him that questioned his identity as the son of God. There were those words tossed at him by a common criminal who was hanging at his side. There was also a bit of personal loss mixed into that cup. There was the fact that he had to leave behind the daily care of his widowed mother, Mary. There was also the poison of pain in that cup. There were the whips that ripped into his flesh. There were the thorns that scarred his scalp. There were the punches that bruised his body. There was the spitting that landed in his open wounds. There was the agony of nails being driven through his hands and through his feet. There was also the pain of being hoisted up upon the cross and the even greater pain of hanging there. There were all the convulsions of his body as he died there upon the cross. And as if all of that did not make it a bitter enough cup to have to swallow, we would be remiss this night if we did not acknowledge that inside that cup was more than just the sins and the bad things that happened there during Holy Week. No, that cup also contained the sins of the entire world and the punishment due for them. It contained that forbidden bite way back in the Garden of Eden. It contained the very last sin that will happen just seconds before Jesus returns. And it contained every single sin that's happened in between those two as well. And that means that it contained every last sin you and I have committed also. The injustices that we have allowed or participated in against our neighbors, the betrayal of Christ and his ways that we have displayed at times through our decisions, the mockery we have made of his name when we have failed to stand up for the things that we knew to be right and true, the pain that we have caused others through our tongue or through our fist. Yes, this cup he drinks is particularly bitter because it contains your sins and mine. Yes, he choked down the suffering, poured into that cup by each of our misdeeds. How awful was that cup that our Lord Jesus drank as he traveled to and then endured the cross. Nothing anyone else has ever drank before was as vile as the mixture given to him to drink. Every last bit of evil in the world and God's wrath upon that evil were in that cup. And Jesus drank it. He drank it until it was all gone. As he proclaimed shortly before he breathed his last, he drank it until it was all finished. When we see him this night, wounded and bleeding and dying, stricken and smitten and afflicted, we too might wish that we could remove the cup from his hand, 
just like Peter attempted to do with his sword, we rightly might feel awful that he had to suffer such things for what we have done. We might be tempted to wield whatever we have in order to make sure that Jesus might not have to drink that awful cup. But Jesus says to us this day what he said to Peter. Should I not drink the cup that the Father has given me to drink? For you see, he drinks that cup because the Father has assured him that only by swallowing every last drip of that suffering can the relationship between you and your God be made right. He drinks that bitter cup for you and for your salvation. He drinks that bitter cup in order that he might give you a far better cup. He gives you the cup of salvation in place of that bitter cup. Oh, Jesus could have remained in heaven, seated on his throne, drinking from his royal cup the sweetest of drinks. But instead, he came to heaven to choke down that cup of suffering that had been appointed for him. He tasted such bitterness in order that you might taste and see just how good God is to you. He gives you the sweetness of the gospel in your cup. He reminds you that all the bitterness of your sins he has swallowed on the cross. He reminds you of all of the benefits that are yours because of his death and resurrection. He tells you that you should join the psalmist in simply lifting up the cup of salvation and calling on his name. Good Friday is always a night when the Christian's heart is torn in two ways. Rightfully, we mourn the awful passion and death of our Lord Jesus. And that mourning is made more intense by the fact that we recognize our own part in that suffering. And yet our heart also wants to rejoice. For it knows that this day is called Good Friday for a reason. We know that in his suffering, in his death, we find our salvation. So as he drinks the cup, we mourn. But when we see it emptied of its bitter contents, then we rejoice. Oh yes, we may enter this place and cry inwardly tears of sorrow. But we leave here silently pondering just how good this day is for sinners like us. Jesus drinks the cup that has been given to him by the Father. He gives to you the cup of salvation to drink. How good is our God, and how good is this day. Thanks be to Jesus, who drank that awful cup. Amen.